Hi, I'm Dr. Robert Eric Dinenberg, physician at the Health Nucleus. I'm here today to talk to you about mindfulness. This will be an overview of mindfulness. We're going to start with a definition, what is mindfulness? Then we'll get into an overview about the research that will provide you with some context for the heart of this video, which is how do you practice mindfulness? How do you get a mindfulness practice started in your life? So let's start with the definition. Mindfulness is defined as present moment attention cultivated on purpose and without judgment. So I could cultivate a purposeful attention of what it feels like to have my feet on the ground in this present moment. Or I could cultivate a purposeful attention of what does it feel like to breathe in this present moment. And as I do so, just like all human beings, I'm distracted. I might think about the future or the past. I might have a worry or expectation, an internal dialogue or judgment. The skill of mindfulness practice, the skill we practice, is the skill of noticing distractions, letting them go, and returning our attention to the present moment. Wherever we decide to place our attention in this present moment. So we do have a lot of research on mindfulness for well-being, mindfulness for anxiety, for depression, for pain, and for stress, and even mindfulness for elite performance. Let's start with how do we get mindfulness in our Western medicine culture. It started at University of Massachusetts in the 1970s. There was a program called the Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction Program, uh, where patients were taught mindfulness, and they called what they did the Stress Reduction Center. And they had such good results there that other academic medical centers followed and more research followed. And now recently we have a meta-analysis of mindfulness programs uh, that Johns Hopkins um, published. And that is a meta-analysis of over uh, 45 randomized controlled trials, including over 3,500 participants. And their conclusions are that there is moderate evidence of the helpfulness for mindfulness for depression, anxiety, and pain. So we now have a robust literature for mindfulness. Uh, recently, we also have a good study out of University of California, San Diego, and US Navy working together to follow Marines. And this study showed biometric differences between Marines that were trained on mindfulness versus Marines that were not trained on mindfulness. So eight platoons were randomized, uh, four received mindfulness training and four did not, and they all were going through a pre-deployment combat simulation. And they found biometric differences between the Marines. Marines trained on mindfulness, when they were stressed in the uh, combat simulation, they, uh, their heart rate returned to normal faster, their breathing rate re returned to normal faster, and they secreted less of a stress hormone. And then the researchers discovered when they looked at functional MRI of the brain, the research discovered what they called the elite performer brain pattern. And this is the brain pattern where the part of the brain responsible for emotional reactivity was lighting up less. And so that is something we, in our day-to-day non-military world, in civilian world, we might not have a military combat stress, but we have stresses all day long that are ambushing us with our emotional reactions to those stresses. And so mindfulness practice becomes a way to be more proactive as opposed to reactive when it comes to that emotional reactivity. And what does that mean to be proactive? It means when a stress comes your way, you have a practice under your belt 
that you've been working on, a skill that you've been developing, and that practice, the skill is all about noticing distractions, letting go, and returning to your present moment. Notice, let go, and return is the skill. And we set up this practice in two ways, formally and informally. Formally means we carve out time. We carve out time and that becomes our space for formal practice. Uh, so an example of that is in the morning before I drink my coffee, I practice five minutes of mindfulness. That's formal practice. It happens every day, same time, same place. Informal practice becomes on the fly when we're going about our day. So an example of informal practice is when I see um, an email come in, I notice one breath and come back to my present moment spontaneously throughout the day. And it can be sparked by cues, like things that happen throughout your day. So together, the formal practice and the informal practice work to help us develop this skill of present moment cultivation. I hope this helps you.